Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Goldilocks is the nothing personal word of the day. It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Goldilocks, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right. It's not too heavy. It's not too light. It's just right. It's not too dead. It's not too juicy. It's just right. A scathing investigative article came out yesterday and everyone's talking about it if you're not you're not paying attention but now you're going to be able to because welcome to nothing personal episode 711 pearl harbor day do you think that it's possible that major league baseball has three different sets of balls i'm talking about baseballs and then they decide that some of them are going to advantage the hitter because when you hit a pitch it's going to go further some of them are going to be an advantage to the pitcher where when a hitter really squares up a ball it's just to the warning track and some of them are going to be just right and then on top of that baseball says we've got a big home run chase here let's make sure we get the juice balls over to the yankees This way, Garrett Cole will give up a bunch of home runs, and this way, Aaron Judge will hit a bunch of home runs. There have been people out there for years now with an absolute obsession with the baseballs. And this starts with the players who I agree know a baseball better than anybody, the way football players know football, and they can tell when a football's been deflated. They just feel it. It's their paintbrush. Pitchers have been complaining about the feel of balls for years, not two years, not three years, 20 years, more, 23 years was my first year in the game. And we had pitchers who would say, hey, 
I don't want to use this ball. They'd throw a ball back. They wouldn't like the way that it was rubbed with dirt. They wouldn't like the way the seams felt. They'd throw back to the umpire and they'd get another ball. Or they'd throw it to the side ball boy, they'd get another ball. As time evolved and analytics kept going, and pitchers really had an understanding of spin rate, had an understanding of the difference that changing your grip slightly or moving your fingernail or growing your fingernail, all the different things that Pedro Martinez figured out that pitchers since him have been able to understand is the impact of the ball on their ability to get players out. We hear players talk about whether it was Pete Alonso, this is unfair. There's great balls, juiced balls going to where pitchers are pitching who are free agents so they don't get paid money and there are dead balls going to where free agent hitters are hitting so they don't get money by hitting home runs. And we told you that was horse hockey. Then we had Justin Verlander who's been complaining about the balls for years trying to get as much attention as he can to the fact that something's different about the balls. And I told you the story of our clubhouse where players like Tom Kohler and others would show me a ball and say, hey, this is not the same ball that we've been using. And he would show me the example and show me the raised seams and then show me how balls move differently. All of that, I am granting you as true. Balls change from year to year. Major League Baseball decides sometimes they want juice balls, sometimes they want dead balls, and they are making a decision, but it's not based on the free agency class. But the reason why this article is getting so much attention, and there's something called the Goldilocks ball, is that they want you to believe, this is the scientists and this is the union, they want you to believe that there is some sort of Machiavellian program that has been started by the commissioner's office and the purpose of it is to stop the union from making money, to stop salaries from escalating. That is the only reason that the commissioner's office does anything. And it is incredibly frustrating for the commissioner's office when players are signed to deals that they view are out of market. So as an example, the commissioner's office will give you a range for a player like Jamison Tyone, will give you a range for a, a, play, a pitcher like Walker, and they will say when a team goes above that range, hey, listen, we can't tell you what to do. That is violation of the CBA. That said, what the hell are you doing? So the commissioner's office back from the days of Selig all the way through Rob Manfred are always trying to keep salaries down because they want teams to make more money on an operating basis. They want teams to lower their debt. But for you to think that there is a scientist out there who can look at balls, do some sort of scientific experiment collect balls through various ways, not all of them nefarious, but certainly many of them ineffective, like buying them online, and then studying them by ripping them apart, looking at batch numbers and telling you that certain balls were used in certain places, other balls were used in other places. It's just not anything other than misleading. And I am not a hack for the commissioner's office. It's the opposite. They listen to this show and try to get me not to be as anti-commissioner's office as I've been given my background. I'm just trying to tell you what's real and what's not real.
are there different balls used in the postseason? For sure, because they're marked as such. What is the incentive for baseball to put a juiced ball versus a dead ball in the postseason? Well, meeting with TV networks and their national broadcast partners, they might like to say, hey, it's more exciting to have a 9-7 game than a 2-1 game. Let's go back and look at the postseason games. How many 4-3, 3-2, 2-1 games were there? But the real problem with what this scientist did is got Rob Manford caught in a line pickle. That's the problem with the commissioner's office and their dealing with baseballs. They are not sending baseballs to different places on purpose. But what they're not doing is being honest about how baseballs are made. And they stand behind a statement, which is their only statement on the subject, which is that all baseballs are within a normal variance of handmade natural products. They also tell you that they've got consultants and they've got studies done that they control that show you that the baseballs are all in conformance with Major League Baseball rules and within a standard deviation of what a naturally made project product would be by hand. Baseball is unwilling to do anything but tell you about all of the studies they commission, but that they pay for. Baseball is no different than the pharmaceutical industry, than the car industry, or than any other industry where there's no independence between what consumers are told versus what the maker of the product wants you to know. The conflict of interest that exists across all business would paralyze you if you knew. The power that exists of big business to control what you learn about their product would blow your mind. And what we respond with are whistleblower laws saying, hey, if you find out the bad stuff's going on, don't worry, you're protected. You won't be fired. We may have to pixelate your face, change your voice, and you'll likely never work again. But don't worry, you'll be doing a good thing for consumers when you tell them how bad the Sackler family is. You think it took a genius to know that the Sackler family, that they were criminals? But do you think that Wall Street and other big business had an incentive and stock owners had an incentive for public companies? I've told you this. I raise money all the time to try to cure cancer. Man, that's going to be bad for business if they ever cure cancer. The pharmaceutical companies don't want cancer cured. They want more medicine to deal with the effects of cancer so that more medicine gets prescribed. That's it. And it's not the same situation where if you cure cancer, then all the people in the pharmaceutical business, they'll just go on to something else. That is what they do. What, do you think it's a surprise that all these kids have ADHD or all these players need Ritalin? It's good for business. It's good for the economy, which that is how elections are won with the economy, with your pocket. Oh, you're unhappy with what's going on in Russia or the Ukraine. So you're going to make decisions based on that. The overwhelming majority of people in every study taken vote with their pocketbook. Why would Rob Manford lie to you? 
This is what I've been racking my brain about the Goldilocks situation and the different boss situation since I read the article that Coca sent me last night. Having spoken to people who were at the winter meetings, as you would imagine, non-commissioner's office people are positive that the article is correct. Commissioner's office people are positive the article is incorrect. Where does that get us? Nowhere. That's agenda. Of course, that's the view of the two sides. But what I've been racking my brain about is why the commissioner, when asked about this issue, continues to lie about the existence or the possibility of different balls and the impacts they could have on a given at bat. Why not embrace the scientific reality and say, listen, there is no doubt that there are different balls in circulation. I know there's different balls in circulation because I watched it happen during the course of a season. You've got balls that are left over from last year that we buy. I don't want to waste them. Baseball makes a decision to change the ball by a little bit still within the rules, make it a little heavier, a little lighter. Is it any different than changing the defensive pass interference rules? The illegal holding downfield? Changing the zone rules in the NBA? There are tweaks made to every sport and there's no expose that takes me eight minutes to read. Why not embrace it if you are the commissioner? My advice to him, God knows he's not gonna take it anymore because he's well past my advice. But Rob, get together with your PR people and don't lie to the fans or the players. You know very well that no matter what you're doing, if you think it's impacting players' salaries, it's not. Therefore, join hands with the union, say you're gonna work collaboratively with them, do an independent study with a scientist that you approve, that the union approves, both of you approve like an arbitrator, do a study over the period of five years, not over one season, not over 200 baseballs with 36 Goldilocks balls. Say, listen, we understand the integrity of our product is on the line, and therefore we wanna make it clear that our players are satisfied that we are being transparent. That's all we ask of you, Commissioner. Be transparent. Don't sit in the ivory tower and give me a bunch of bullshit that tells me, hey, I got no idea what this scientist is doing, but the guys I pay tell me that everything's good in the hood. Yeah, I've got players who know what they're doing because that's their livelihood and they feel something different, but I'm going to gaslight them until they go away. But they're not going to go away. If you don't want to gaslight your own players and your own labor force, then work with them. And this is not me being a pro-union guy, you know I'm not, especially the Major League Baseball Players Association. But in this case, if your goal is to quash individual players making money, you're failing miserably. Look at these contracts that are being handed out by your owners. You don't have control over your owners. It's completely insane. There's been no lessons learned. Bud Selig is rolling over in his chair Owners haven't learned one thing about who to pay and who not to pay and how many years because what you don't account for, no matter what kind of ball is used, you don't account for the ego in the room. The ego inside a Major League Baseball owners meeting room 
it is so significant that there's no room for pen, paper, or rational thinking. So then what are you doing by lying to people and lying to players? You're picking the wrong battle. How about capping the number of years you can give to players? How about capping the amount of money that certain groups of players can make? How about making sure there's a salary floor to make sure that every team is spending at least to a certain minimum? I can think of 10 changes that we can make in baseball. Not one of them includes, not one of them includes lying to the players or the fans and making us all feel like we're idiots because you're gaslighting. Goldilocks is the word of the day. Do you think that it's working? You think the juice balls work? Aaron Judge got 62 home runs. I love that. Going into free agency, the union should be giving him a standing ovation. Thank you, Rob, for sending the juiced and Goldilocks balls to the Yankees. We love it. Word came out yesterday that the San Francisco Giants have signed Aaron Judge. Everyone went crazy. Man your battle stations. Fire up your computer. Emergency pod. Just kidding. How do you feel about that when a writer, a baseball insider, tweets something it goes viral because we're all waiting for Aaron Judge to sign, and then it's not true. Does it bother you? Forget all the comments. Forget the ratio on Twitter. I'm just asking. Does being right matter to you, or does being first matter to you? Why don't we have the intellectual capacity to read Aaron Judge signing with the Giants, and then five minutes later, have the wrong information? I was wrong. Aaron Judge is not yet decided. Why are we going after John Heyman like he's the Antichrist? He got it wrong. The benefit of being first so far outweighs the detriment of being wrong in the society that we've all created, that we all feed, that any insider of any sport, they're not journalists anymore. They are first mongers. So word gets out that Aaron Judge may not be going to the Giants. Yankees are still in play. Michael Kay gets a text from Brian Cashman. He didn't say who it was from, but I'm sure that's who it was from, saying, hey, Judge is still in play. Judge is laughing. He sees it and he laughs. What if you're the owner of the San Francisco Giants or your Hal Steinbrenner. Think about the brilliance of what Aaron Judge and his agents may have done yesterday. Follow my train of thought here. Leak out to John Heyman or through various other sources that he's gonna be a giant. There's nothing illegal about that. There's nothing unsavory, no nefarious behavior. Just leak out you're going to the Giants. Float it out there like a trial balloon. All of a sudden, Yankee fans are losing their mind, canceling tickets, angry, upset. Screw you, Hal Steinbrenner. You're the worst owner ever. If you're Aaron Judge, don't you want Hal Steinbrenner to feel what it's going to be like if Aaron Judge goes to another team? 
And won't that get you your ninth year or your extra $3 million a year? <gasps> There's no way a player would do that. No way. They're too nice. Agents are too good. They're not going to get it out there. Come on. Wouldn't it be amazing if they did, though? And Hal Steinbrenner calls up Aaron Judge and his agent and says, listen, I, I got to tell you, mercy, white flag. That's a pink handkerchief, but whatever. White flag, David Sampson. Nothing personal with David Sampson on YouTube if you want to know what I'm talking about. We'll give you the extra money. It's brilliant by Aaron Judge. I'm not mad at John Heyman. I'm not even upset with Aaron Judge. But what about if Aaron Judge had 62 home runs because the balls were all juiced that he used during his games, and that's why Garrett Cole gave up the home runs? If I'm Hal Steinbrenner, calling up Rob Manford and saying, excuse me, Commissioner, quick question for you. What we saw from Aaron Judge, which was such an anomaly, if he's not on steroids, which he's not, can we expect him to make this kind of numbers again? No. When you sign a player who has a season that cannot be replicated because it had never happened before ever in the history of baseball, guess what? You're buying at the absolute high. If I'm the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge gets $360 million over nine years or over 10 years from the Giants, sayonara. We will find a way to make it work without Aaron Judge. It's not like you're breaking up the 27 Yankees who win the World Series every year. Aaron Judge is the face of the franchise. Aaron Judge is the best Yankee. We want him to be in the Hall of Fame as a Yankee. Why? Who gives a horse's ass who you go into the Hall? And I used to be this way. I want Giancarlo Stanton to be in the Hall of Fame as a Marlin. I want to feel what it's like to have a player with a Marlins cap in the Hall of Fame, a retired number. No, what you really want is your team not to lose money on an annual basis and for the value of your team to keep going up. And by the way, if you can win some rings along the way, that'd be cool too. But it's really hard to win a ring because it's so random once you get to October. The Yankees make it to October every year. Without Aaron Judge, the Yankees are going to make it to October. Until they figure out pitching, they're not going to make it through October. It's what we said that got us crushed. So did Aaron Judge manufacture the Giants story? Will he sign today with the Yankees as a result? Will the Giants realize that their fan base is so excited that one of their best pitchers, Logan Webb, goes on the Twitter and talks about how great it is if he were a giant or how bad it is that Heyman said he's not is a giant then not a giant. When you are out there competing for the best free agents and you don't get them, you've let down your team, you've let down your fans, even if you've made the right decision not to overpay. Which is why if you're going to go public and talk about all these people you're trying to get, you better do something. Who sits on the sideline in the winter meetings watching all this insanity happen? Some of the best agents in the game. You don't see Joe Wolf. You don't see Dan Lozano. 
Shapiro. You don't see them sitting around holding court, making asses of themselves. They're out there making money for their players. Every winter meeting, and there were 18 of them, we would have a bet. And the bet was, when would Boris talk? Where would he talk? And what kind of idiocy would he spew? And we'd sit around and have some cocktails and we'd wait for it to come out. And this was pre-social media. So what we would do is we would send down like a lackey, someone not at the upper level of the organization. Hey, go to that scrum where Boris is talking and just take take notes on, on what he's saying. We wanna know. Not because we were so interested in whether any of it was true because it wasn't. We were so interested in how he was saying what he was saying because people and players somehow drank his Kool-Aid. So what we would do is we would take all the actions of Scott Boris, then we'd go to players who were represented by Scott Boris, and we would say to them, hey, just out of curiosity, do you think that he has your best interests in mind or is it all about Scott? He held court yesterday at the winter meetings. He used to do it with a regular background. He'd wait, what they do, by the way, here's a little known fact. They inform reporters exactly what time Scott Boris will be holding court. They get all sorts of reporters to come by. And he used to do it in whatever hotel the winter meetings occurred in. And he would just do it, whatever, no background. Now he's got his own logo with the big B's. Go look at it on YouTube. He sets up his own background to make sure that you know what the Boris logo is. Stands up there and he says, all right, any questions? And these reporters suck up to him and lap it up like there is minions or something. Hey, tell me, tell me about Xander Bogarts and what the Red Sox are doing. And his response, without X, that's short for Xander, Red Sox are only so-so. Get it? He left out the X, so they're so-so. What do you feel about Steve Cohn and all the spending the Mets are doing? Well, they've had a championship Met amorphous. Do you give your players a chance to match or are you just gonna take the best deal when it comes and not go back to the old team? We are not the matching kind. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, Scott Boris is the matching kind. You always get a chance because Scott Boris will always call you back and say, hey, your division rival is about to sign your player. Here's what you're going to have to do to keep him. Is that not being the matching kind, Scotty boy? Why are you standing up there talking in ridiculous metaphors, similes, platitudes, and really what you're doing is saying, look at me, I'm Scotty B. And yet, players continue to want to be with him. Is that because he gets those players the most money? No. He really doesn't. I commissioned a study by Goldilocks and the Three Bears about Scott Boris and his agency versus other agencies. And as it turns out, it's good players who are getting paid. We come back, we're gonna review a movie 
and we're going to tell you about something that happened at the winter meetings yesterday that not one person paid attention to. Zero. MLB, what are you doing? Don't worry, Pirates. We got you covered. We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for joining me and Matt Coca every single day, except when Coca's traveling or we're taking a day off, which really doesn't happen a lot. We were comparing ourselves to the number of episodes done on an annual basis. We need more vacation, by the way. You definitely need more vacation, Matt. We review a movie every day. Someone told me to watch this movie. It's a brand new movie called Dive. It stars Carla Souza, who plays an Olympic diver. Get it? Dive, diver. And the movie is subtitled, for the most part, in Spanish. It's about a woman who dives for the Mexican team in the Olympics. And she has been doing it since she was a little girl. And there is a coach, a diving coach, The actor reminded me a little, and this is so wrong to say, right? What's the um, USA Gymnastics coach? Um, Coca. God dang it, dog. Bella Carusa? Bella Gorbachev? Mikhail Gorbachev, Bella. Anyway, he was the USA Gymnastics coach for a long time. He was the Russian gymnastics coach. I think he was the coach of Nadia Komanichi, who you may not have heard of. Anyway, doesn't matter. The coaches of, yes, Karol, that's his name. Not Bella, it's Karoli. Thank you, Coca. Why do you think it was Bella Abzug? I don't know why I said that. Oh, it is Bella. Yes, it's Bella Karoli Abzug. No, it's Bella Karoli. He was really good, by the way. All right, let me get to the movie very quickly, please, because I really want you to watch it. We put little girls in situations where they are in unsafe conditions. Half the time, it's because the parents want Olympic glory or other sort of glory for their kids that they couldn't get themselves. Parents are living vicariously through their kids. Get over it. It's not your accomplishment. It's not your life. Your life is not more meaningful or not better because your kid is doing something you couldn't do. Why is that a thing? And you're screwing up your kid's life because you're not paying attention to what's right in front of you, which is abuse. Now let's talk about the abuse that we've seen in gymnastics, that we see in diving, that we see anytime there are girls involved and in hockey when there are boys involved. These are sick criminals who deserve to be castrated and then thrown in prison forever. 
That is my view of child abusers. And it's worse when it's a coach or a doctor or a trainer. We've done 10 stories about that woman's soccer league, about the abuse that took place. Some of these guys keep getting hired. Some of them go from place to place. We're in a position now in a society where girls are scared. Parents don't back up their kids by any stretch. They only hug them when they testify in front of Congress. Oh my God, we didn't know we should have known. What's your first clue? Why don't you go spend time paying attention to what your kid's doing? This movie is about a parent who didn't spend time paying attention, who didn't believe their kid. It's about another generation of abuse that takes place. All I'm asking is this, when you watch Dive and you're a parent, ask yourself at what price fame and money? And the whole purpose and point of this show is I tell you it's just business, it's nothing personal. Is anything more personal than your child and screwing up your child for life? So you can go and say, oh, look at my kid. My kid got a bronze medal. Look at my kid. My kid got a 6.7. It makes me absolutely nauseous inside. I've had a tummy ache since I watched that movie. So how do I suggest that you watch it, knowing you're gonna be uncomfortable? Because it's that good and that important. With security and terrorism, we have a saying started by Secretary Johnson. If you see something, say something. How many of you actually do that? I don't wanna get involved. I see a piece of luggage right there unattended. I see a fight going on. I see strange behavior. I see something a little off. I don't want to say anything. I'm staying in my lane. That's not going to change. So the only way this gets better is when the lanes become more clear. The Pirates have the number one pick in the draft tomorrow. Yippee. Let me do that again, Coco. Ready? 4869. The Pirates have the number one pick in the draft next June. Yippee. Last night, there was the first ever baseball lottery. Have you heard of it? We haven't covered it one time because who gives a flying rat's tuchus? This was a huge thing in the collective bargaining agreement. The players, Max Scherzer, stood up and said, we don't want teams to tank. We want everyone to try to win. So we're not going to reward the worst team in baseball with the top pick in the MLB in MLB's draft. And you know what the owners said? Oh, they yawned. The owners said, we'll allow for two teams in the lottery. The union said 10. They settled at six and the players gave other issues because there are now six teams in a lottery. <laughs> it's so funny. When you get players to give things that you were always ready to give. It's like any negotiation. How good do you feel when you pretend you don't wanna do something or give something, and then in the negotiation, you finally are like, all right, I'll do it. And then you say, but by the way, if I'm gonna give into this, you're giving me that. And in fact, you only wanted that to start with and you were happy to give this. How great does that feel? That's a win. Do you think that front offices change the way they act because they don't aren't guaranteed the number one pick anymore? 
the Pirates weren't going to tank because they weren't guaranteed the number one pick. The Oakland A's were not going to shed payroll because they only had a one in three chance of getting the number one pick. And they ended up all the way down at five or six because they lost the lottery. Do you think the Oakland A's front office got together and said, oh, my God, I'm Billy Bean. I'm not really involved every day, but David, you are. So, hey, David Force, not me. Hey, um, we got to change our whole philosophy. We cannot tank anymore because we dropped down spaces because our balls weren't picked. Of course not. It's like a joke. Ben Charrington, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, gave a statement after it was done saying how honored they were to have the number one pick in the first ever, not first annual, in the inaugural MLB draft lottery. Were I to be the president of that team, I would have said, here's what our statement's going to be. The Pittsburgh Pirates look forward to never having the number one pick again. That's the message. Not, oh my God, we're so thrilled and happy. The commissioner's office would want us to say, hey, this process was so exciting. It was so great for our fans to see. There's great cheering. Look at how people in New Orleans cheered when they got the number one pick and then they got to sign and draft Zion Williamson. This is amazing. The number one pick in football, it's huge. The number one pick in baseball doesn't mean a thing. You have the same chance of a successful player as a not successful player. Hey, we got to take Brady Aiken and Mark Appel. That's the Astros, by the way. Wow, they suck. It's hard to make it work. Dansby Swanson, he was the number one pick. That's a hugely successful number one pick. Is it a franchise-altering thing? No. Can a 1-1 overall in the NBA be franchise-altering? Yeah. Find me a front office who can get me a second-round pick or a comp pick. I'd rather have that. It's the same thing with, by the way, all this free agency, Coca. Do you think it takes a good GM to sign Trey Turner? Is Dave Dombrowski a Hall of Famer because he gave Trey Turner 11 years, $300 million? Is Billy Epler on his way to the Hall of Fame because he gave Justin Verlander $43 million a year? Is Jed Hoyer turning things around for the Cubs because he signed your guy if you're a Yankee fan? Dombrowski brought in Walker. Come on. Well, we would tell our guys, hey, be different. Find me the next comeback player of the year. Find me a guy for $8 million one year on a comeback because he sucked last year and he's going to win 15 games for us while pitching 170 innings. Find me that guy. Farhan is a brilliant guy in San Francisco by going after Aaron Judge. Boy, you got to be the smartest guy in the room to want to sign Aaron Judge, don't you? Major League Baseball is so desperate to get you to care about their draft. It's so funny. Did you hear about this lottery? Did you watch it? How is the PR on that? The reason why you've got to stop spending money on trying to promote your draft or your lottery. Remember what the NBA does with the lottery? It's like a big deal. It happens in between games or the playoffs or maybe at halftime of a conference finals game or semifinals game. 
the way the all-star teams are picked, they do it uh, with their national broadcaster, and you've got the two captains like Giannis and LeBron choosing players like a playground pickup. There are ways to generate excitement. Putting on MLB Network during the winter meetings? Come on. Everyone's focused on signings. You own this part of the calendar right now. Why are you hiding this draft lottery if you're so badly trying to promote it? And by the way, why are you promoting it when there's so little chance of it being successful because the Major League Baseball draft is so different? I would have been laughing, right? If while the balls were being juggled and played with and then Picked out of the jar or whatever. Aaron Judge and Scott Boris, that's not his agent, but there would have been competing press conferences by players. <laughs> I think MLB would have been pissed. Do we have to count it as a loss, Coca, when um, uh, the, when Anthony Davis gets sick and doesn't play? If you bet a prop bet on Anthony Davis to score 20-plus points and he takes the tip off and then vomits all over and leaves the game and scores however many points, five points, do you lose that? I'm just curious. Anyway, so I got something that's just getting to me right now, and this is happening live. Aaron Judge is going to the Yankees. He has agreed to a nine-year, $360 million deal with the Yankees to return. This is happening right now, Coca. CBS wants me on the air this second. We're not going to do it. We're going to wait seven minutes because I'm going to do a thing on Aaron Judge right now. Okay. Rosenthal is reporting. This is great. First of all, are you listening to the beginning of my show? When I said that this could have been the most brilliant thing that Aaron Judge ever did by leaking out there that the Giants were at 360. Aaron Judge just got this out at 525 a.m. in San Diego, right in the middle of our show talking about the lottery. Aaron Judge did exactly what we said and what Coca said he was going to do. This is too good. Too good. Okay, let's talk about Aaron Judge for a minute. Go listen to the beginning of our show. We said Aaron Judge may have manufactured this entire thing and used John Heyman and used the San Francisco Giants to do exactly what he wanted, which is to be a Hall of Famer, lifetime Yankee. And the Yankees gave him the ninth year, gave him $360 million. So the premium for Aaron Judge was from 213 to 360 Do the math. $147 million for 62 home runs. Wow. That's betting on yourself and winning. The Yankees got better today. Nope. They just kept their own guy. It doesn't feel that good to keep your own guy, does it? That doesn't bring them over the hump. Yes, it keeps Aaron Judge as a Yankee for nine years. Now they've got $36 million going to Judge, 30 plus million going to Stanton, 30 plus million going to Cole. Doesn't help their shortstop situation. Doesn't help their pitching situation. Congratulations. Hal Steinbrenner is going to be applauded when, in fact, he just got used and abused like a shaggy doll. Just keep in mind, as Yankee fans, you got what you want. Are you happy? 
Are you relieved? One forty-one and one nineteen was our pick of the day. I'm going to spend some time thinking about Aaron Judge. We may talk about it again tomorrow. I'm going to want to see some comments by Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner. I'm going to want to see what the Giants do, how they pivot. Everything, just the beginning of this show is just on point right now, Coca. I mean, we could just literally run the beginning of the show right now. Okay, 141 and 119. We lost our pick of the day. The Lakers got crushed by the Cavs. We're taking the Knicks over the Hawks today. That's our pick of the day. Uh, I want to finish this because something has to be talked about here when we talk about players. And I don't want this show to end without talking about it. Something came out after Trey Turner signed with the Phillies for, what did he sign for? For $300 million over 11 years. And it was absolutely angering to me. By the way, the Knicks are giving two points to the Hawks. So take the Knicks minus two over the disastrous Hawks. I really want to talk about Trey Turner and the report that came out that the Padres made him an offer significantly more than what the Phillies did and that Trey Turner chose to be where his wife is and Trey Turner chose to be where his family is. He wanted to spring train on the East Coast. He didn't want to be on the West Coast. And I've always told you that players will take the last dollar and play anywhere where they can get paid the most money. The reason why I've had to adjust that a little bit is back when the money was big, but not out of this world, I was right and that's what players did. But what is the difference between 300 and 340 in tax equivalent states? You're gonna say $40 million gross, you're gonna say $20 million net. Do you agree the difference between on a $300 million deal, just a 50% tax rate, $150 million net to you and your family versus $340 million where it's 50% and that's 170, right? So we're talking about the difference between 170 and 150, so $20 million. And you'd say to yourself, that's not quite 10%, but that's a significant amount of money. Would you agree the difference between having no dollars and $1 million is greater than the difference between having $200 million and $201 million? Can we both agree to that, that two to 201 is smaller than zero to one? Do you agree that 20 to $40 million is greater than 200 to $220 million? So now there are players who in theory would choose location. But here's the problem. If you have a player who you know is staying east, why do you drive up the market for everybody by making an offer that you know changes the dynamic of that free agent class or of that positional class? Why do you do that? Players don't often care about where they play, but at the stratosphere of the $300 million contract, Garrett Cole can say, I want to be a Yankee. It's my lifelong dream. I can get the same money in three places. I choose the Yankees. Trey Turner can say, I want to be on the East Coast. I want to spring train in Florida. It's not a big enough difference. It's not like getting a fifth year on a deal or getting 22 million a year versus 16 million a year. We just saw Aaron Judge make a decision if what we know is right 
He took the same amount of money and chose not to go home. Same amount of tax money, New York and California. Did he choose just to stay in New York because he loves New York? What about the Time Magazine article that said, hey, I'm disappointed. Disappointed that Brian Cashman leaked the $213 million number. It's all a bunch of crap. It's all just about business. Congrats, Yankee fans. And hey, Giants fans, it's nothing personal.